Hi everyone. Today's title, that word previously, dot dot dot, it comes from those TV programmes, ongoing series, where you get one of the actors, I'm thinking of American TV programmes particularly, and one of the actors, often a different one each time, comes in and narrates previously, previously on the West Wing, previously on the Big Bang Theory, or any number of other programmes. And then what you get is different snippets of not just necessarily the last episode, but different bits of the story so far. Not everything, but enough to join the story. Not enough to tell you exactly what's going to happen for the rest of this episode, because that would make it boring, but enough so that you can jump in and join the story exactly where you're going to. I like those things. I think they're helpful when you haven't watched it for a while to hear a, hear a previously. I less like it when some programmes, often other programmes, at the end of uh, the episode, then they say next, next time, and they show you some snippets that, if they're not careful, and they're very often not careful, show you so much of what's going to happen next time, you feel like you've watched it. We generally have a rule of switching those off before you get to see too much of next time in our house. I don't know about you. For us as Christians, we have the equivalent of previously. Because when you think about it, grab a Bible here, and you open up God's word, you could write the word previously on, on the cover of the whole Bible. Now, I'm known for noting things in Bibles, not necessarily neatly, and I'm not prescribing you do that on the cover of a Bible, especially this one, because it's Sue's. I'm not saying you would do that anyway, but I think that applies to all of God's word when you think about it. The whole of the Bible could be understood that way. It tells us about previously. It tells us about the story of creation and sin and restoration and redemption and promise. Some of it, of course, does point to the future, but it was still written previously, just as sometimes it previously in a TV commentary before a program would be somebody predicting something that will happen. We will be together, somebody will say, and they'll show you that before you start another episode because it's a previously promise for the future. Our Bible has that too. Some of it points to a new heaven and a new earth. But that was said previously, and it's part of our story now. When Jesus says, for example, in John 11, I am the resurrection and the life. Anyone who believes in me will live even after dying. That was said 2000 years ago. It's in our previously, but it's a promise for us all to hold on to for our future. So previously applies to it all, all of God's word in that sense. In fact, if we don't read the Bible that way, if we don't read it studiously, carefully, and we just try and live out as a Christian now without really looking back, then we miss out on the point at which we're joining the story. If we just try and discern what's the right thing to do now without considering the story so far, there's a form of arrogance there. We need to learn the lessons of the past and know at the point that we're jumping in, as I say. But there's a more precise use of the word previously within certain passages in the Bible too. Sometimes within the Bible, there's a specific example and a call 
to think back and to gain from it. The great festivals of the Jewish calendar are based, at least in part, on the principle of remembering a past event in order to have renewed thankfulness now and in the process find strength for today and great hope for tomorrow. We've recently studied the book of Esther in our church and that ends with a call for an annual festival for God's people. The Jewish people still have that today, the festival of Purim, to remember God's act of saving his people there in Persia and to be thankful today for that past event and that bring us, brings us shalom for today and for tomorrow. When we do that, when we think about times that God has been at work previously, we, we look back and we bring to mind those times in order for us to have peace today and confidence for tomorrow. I need a bit of that today, don't you? That's what this psalm is about. We can, we can also look back with false, rosy tinted spectacles of the examples of the past and, and that isn't helpful. The psalm ends, this psalm 77 ends, with pointing to God's provision for his people, his provision for them out of Egypt and into freedom. But when you look at that story, some of that story includes God's people in exile, out of exile but in, in the desert, frequently looking back with rosy tinted spectacles. We don't have any meat, they say in numbers. And uh, in Egypt, we, we could eat all the fish we wanted. And there were cucumbers and melons and onions and garlic. Interesting mix, I always think when I read that mix. But we're starving out here. And the only food we have is manna. They were looking back, but with only positive perspective and not the full perspective. This psalmist is in difficulty, he's in trouble. There are a whole range of things going on that are causing anxiety. And it's been going on a while, as verse three makes clear. And it's been causing doubts in his spiritual life, as verse 11 spells out. But then there is a decision. And it's a decision we can all make. Verse 10, then I thought, to this I will appeal. The years when the Most High stretched out his right hand, I will remember the deeds of the Lord. Yes, I will remember your miracles of long ago. I will look back on previously. And so the Psalmist does just that. There's a call to remember the past with present thankfulness. Now there are two reasons why I'm calling on us to do that today and why I need to do it myself. Firstly, in this lockdown time, it is causing stress and anxiety for so many. And it's been going on longer than most of us, many of us would have predicted or certainly hoped. And with patience that is increasingly required of us. And we have a choice, don't we? We can look back and regret the things we don't currently have and there is a bit of that, of course, we're not denying that that regret, or we can look back and whilst also having regret that they're not in our lives now, we can be thankful to God that those things were part of our lives in his generous provision in the past. 
And, and that's exactly what this psalmist does. Find strength in that. Secondly, as many or most of you know, this is a time when Sue and I are planning to move on. I've extended my time just a little to try to contribute to this time of uncertainty, but I will preach my last message online at the end of this month and then stay a few more days to help clear up some things, take a sabbatical and prepare for a new role. Moving on from this role that we love with CBC to a role that we feel called to with LICC. And all of that's happening in circumstances that none of us would have wished. And I and we can spend time regretting that, or we can do what this psalm does and choose to look back with thankfulness. And therefore that give us, gives us strength for today and hope for tomorrow. We will look to say a proper goodbye when we can gather together, however long that takes. And we're not leaving to go to another church, but another role. And so we can have some flexibility about that. We want to say a goodbye together in a place, in our place at Chittister Baptist Church, when we can say a good goodbye. So recognising that these are circumstances we wouldn't choose, I can do what this psalmist does. And I invite you to do the same thing. I can appeal to what I know of God in the past and be thankful for it. And I can say thanks to God for it. I can do verse 10. Then I thought, to this I will appeal, the years when the Most High stretched out his right hand, I will remember the deeds of the Lord. I coined a phrase a month or so ago to be retrospectively thankful. I wrote a piece about it and a friend of mine read it and he pointed to this psalm, Psalm 77. I've been thinking about it since. The psalmist has long held worries and frustrations. He's experiencing limitations and doubts, as I say. But then at verse 10, he chooses, he chooses to look back with thankfulness in the midst of all that. To look back with thankfulness means surely not just to take general account, but specific account. I want to count my blessings today, but I also want to have a recount of my blessings from yesterday, which in the light of this new evidence of things being restricted, I think I may be underrated at the time. When it says in verse 11, I will remember, strictly what it's saying is, I will make mention of it. I will sigh about it, it could translate. I will sing about it, I will speak about it, I will talk about it. What it means is I will speak it out. And in verse 12, when it says, I will consider all of your works, that can sound so spiritual that we forget to actually list them. But it means spelling them out. There's something good for us in choosing to do that. So I'm in retrospectively thankful mood. I hope you are too. I'm thankful for seeing God at work in CBC in so many ways. Seeing God at work in the church that we joined in 1996, a church already reaching out in new ways long before I joined with Ian White as minister and with the leaders and members then. I'm thankful for all the times that we've found God in our midst, although he was there always, of course for people who found him for the first time, 
for people who've re-found him, for every time we've moved towards God and found strength in doing so and a plan for what he calls us to do. I'm thankful that we have always sought to equip people for the whole of their lives rather than for just their church roles. I'm thankful that we have people across all the ages worshipping together. I'm thankful that the church has been willing to appoint me, first of all, back then, and then three years later to call me to be their senior minister and for the hope they placed in us then. I'm thankful for the faith and vision involved in three lots of building projects in that time, at personal cost to those who've invested in them, to do to create facilities that help us to do more for the kingdom and still to be a church that don't emphasise what we have in our buildings and our physical facilities. I'm thankful that we looked and still look to reach out in new ways for the sake of those who might not find their way into church. I'm thankful that we've been able and willing to make new key appointments when we've grown and therefore I'm thankful for the brilliant team brilliant team that we have working for us now and those who have spent time working for us and our church, many of whom are still members in our church. I'm thankful for you. I'm thankful for the leaders who've served in the past and serve now. I'm thankful for the hundreds of volunteers who serve with gratitude and with a servant heart. I'm thankful for the agenda to keep looking up and out as well as in. CAP, Christians Against Poverty, being a key example of that. I'm thankful that we're generous in mission support for the way that we work at and prize unity and how so many have made sacrifices in style to prioritise the generations who might otherwise be walking away from church. I'm thankful for thousands of answers to prayer, for our alternative gatherings, for our less alternative gathered times for shared moments in worship together and so much more. I'm thankful for our church family's encouragement and support and love for my family as they've grown up here. That's my start of a 10. We can do this exercise you see that this psalm calls on. We can look back and give account give voice to that, which we look back and are thankful for. And in doing so, find peace for today and for tomorrow. You see, I believe in the eternal timing of God. Therefore, it is not too late to look back on a past event with renewed thankfulness. That's what the Christian festivals and the Jewish festivals are so often about. So here is the exercise I've been doing, which this psalm does, which in another sense, the whole of God's word does. It says previously, and then looks back with thankfulness. In the midst of uncertainty, I choose to look back with thankfulness to the God I can depend on. I will remember the deeds of the Lord and in so doing, give thanks. And in the act of thanksgiving, find peace, purpose and confidence. You know the simple thing that happens towards the end of this psalm, the end of all of that thanksgiving? 
look it up if you've got a Bible in front of you now or you've got it on a device. The word I disappears from the psalmist vocabulary. The first six verses are dominated by the word I as the psalmist regrets the current circumstances that they're in. Then in verse 10, they make that changing transformation, transformational decision that they're going to look back with thankfulness. And then as a result, the last six verses don't contain the word I at all because the psalmist is focused on who God is and what God has done, what God has done by then. It seems to me that a byproduct of thankfulness to God, some of the byproducts of thankfulness to God, are selflessness, confidence, and peace. Let me ask you, what are you retrospectively thankful for? <laughs>